Well, Chris, we're going to start with you, man. Since you're the money man, what's, what is the <laughs> poorest thing that you have ever done on a day? Because we well, know you like Julius. You like Eat a, Ju- but eat a money man for a reason. That's what I was about to say. You for sure like. That, that's Shorty, what I was about to say. That is 32 cents worth of crab leg you left on that bone. <laughs> if you don't crack that shell and get that last $3 worth of crab leg. Yeah. So, so. so talk to me, Chris. What's, what's, the, what's the cheapest thing or the brokest thing you've ever done <laughs> On a date. Well, like, I never considered, like, myself being broke, bro. But I ain't always had money. And I also ain't always, like, been smart with money. But I am cheap, though. That's one thing never has changed about me. I don't care how much money I get. I'm always going to be cheap. So it was this one time. Um, you know how you um, be a gentleman, drop a lady off at the front door and stuff like that? So yeah. I was waiting to get paid for my new job I just started. Because, you know, you got you used to be back in the day, you had to do that week in a hole with a job. Some jobs still do it now, but a lot of jobs pay you for that one week now. But you had to do that week in the hole when you change jobs. So I had just paid all my bills. And I'm in college, so I'm not even working full time. Early college. It's like when I was 19, I'm working at a grocery store. And I had to do a week in the hole. And, and that was like three weeks I didn't get paid in between jobs. So I paid all my bills, gave my pops the money I owe him because I was still living at home. And... So I dropped the shorty off at the front of the gate. And I was like, uh, if the line's short, hurry up and get the tickets. I'll just give you the money back. And, and you know, we do what we do from there. So I dropped her off the door and I went to go park the car. I took my sweet time coming from that <laughs> car because I was like, if she bought these tickets and I tell her I had all these problems, she ain't going to forget to ask me to send the money right when we get in there. You know, so we go to the movies or whatever. She bought the tickets, right? And mm-hmm. then I we walk in and I was like, oh, damn, you got the tickets. Cool, 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 cool. We walk in. I ain't think nothing of it. I went to the snack booth. She was like, oh, I want some candy. I was like, girl, I got candy in my pouch. You know, I, I had a hoodie on. I had candy. And I'm like, you don't need no candy. <laughs> I was like, you get a little large popcorn, but that's good. And then I said, we're going to get water cups. We ain't getting no icy. What you mean get an icy? So we had got some water cups. And I was like, you get thirsty. I'll leave out and go fill it up for you. Because, you know, movie theater, icy is just like $6. Like, now that, I, now that I'm grown, I- $6? Like, where where they got ices for $6 at? I'm trying bro. to see what that's about. Right, man. No, but I think this back in the day. This back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. They like $6. Like large popcorn was like 12 back in the day. Icy six. So, you know, y'all both get an icy and a large popcorn. You already over $20. And you most times you didn't pay 20 for the movie tickets. But I done got down on the movie tickets already. So I told her, every time you want something to drink, I'll go fill the water cup up for you. Don't worry about it. She was like, what if I drink this like in one go? I was like, I will get up in the middle of the movie and go. So, mind you, y'all remember how I was living. I done seen this movie three times already. So, <laughs> it, was like, it was like nothing for me to miss none of the movie. So, mind you, we go in there, right? Preview started. She's like, I finished my water car. I said, don't worry about it. Preview's still going on. I went, filled it up. Then I came back. Then, like, 10 minutes into the movie, she's like, I finished the cup. I was like, dang. So, I got up, filled it up again. <laughs> And then it got to the point where I asked the dude at the counter for another water cup. And I came back with two of the dang on lemonade she had. And I, I gave her both of them. She's like, oh, you got another one? I was like, yeah, because you you drinking them too much. So I probably left in and out the movie theater six, seven times before I was like, all right, I'm not doing it no more. Because I ain't want to pay for the full price for snacks. You're a sick <laughs> You're a sick you, you You're a real sick guy for that. You're a real sick guy for that. 
Josh, what's what's the brokest thing you ever done, man? What's the brokest thing you ever? <laughs> All done? All right, so the one I could think of, it wasn't this. It, it was a date, but it, like it wasn't a date. So <clears throat> this is shorty I've been talking to for a minute, and I've been trying to get at her. And you know the ones you that play hard to get them, the ones you be after the most, low key. So you this is I was there, working. But I, I feel you. I feel this you. is what I was working, making ten an hour. Mm-hmm. So I barely had like like after I paid my bills, I barely had enough left over. And this was right when the axle got messed up on my car. So I had to pay for like 800 worth of repairs for my car. So I got like no bread outside of me paying my bills and me paying for my car. So like as soon as that happened, the next day, Shorty like, yeah, maybe you can come over and hang out and we can like grab a pizza and watch a movie or something. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. That's no problem. I checked my account. It's, I got $3 in my checking account. Dang, three, can you get the hot red? Three dollars. So <laughs> I went to the crib, emptied out one of them jugs with the coins in it. Mm-hmm. Brought with the Domino's and got a Parmesan bite and a large pizza. And I paid the dude at the counter and all dimes and nickels, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I counted it out in the car. Hey, the total you got one of six ninety nine. Yeah, six ninety nine mediums. I'm hit. Yeah, I'm hit. The, 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 the six ninety nine so, pick bills. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. All right, I did not do this. Um, this was just a story that I heard for obvious legal reasons. Okay, now a friend of mine had told me that what they used to do when they were poor was they would uh, order from a specific pizza place, uh, and they would order on Friday nights only because Friday was their busiest night and they had like two or three people working in there, but they didn't have a good system for keeping track of like who did what, who paid for what, like, oh, this order's paid for, this order isn't, right. all that good stuff. So this friend um, it was in a similar predicament to you guys, very attractive young lady, <laughs> you know, that this friend of mine had been after for some time and, you know, the young lady was all... Under, she was actually very understanding because we was in college. They were in college. You know, we was all in college and uh, the young man was broke. So long story short, um, she asked for like a, a dinner and, you know, just come over Netflix and chill type deal. And, you know, the young lady said, hey, you're going to be watching my Netflix. You got to bring the food. And, um, you know, like it was that moment of defeat and despair, like. <laughs> right <laughs> I'm broke like what we might not eat bro like and you know it's that moment where you know like we all know what's gonna happen when I get there but I have to come with the food they you gotta there. bring it under the guise of food so 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 uh, the gentleman called up uh, at this place ordered a couple of pizzas that were at the time five dollars and ordered some wings as well. And he prayed to God in the heavens above that they did not keep track of uh, the order. And um, when the gentleman arrived, they did not. And the person at the counter said, did you pay for this? And I was like, I mean, uh, the person was like, yeah. And <laughs> he was like, oh, word, word, word. All right, you be easy, bro. And um, yeah, that's, that's, oh, and that person didn't have a car at the time. So they got a ride to the place that they were scamming, uh, basically from one of their homies and a ride to Shorty Crib 
again from one of the homes. So, yeah, like that, that. it'd be like that sometimes, man. It'd be like that sometimes. Honestly, honestly, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. It builds not only character, but ingenuity. Like, you turn into Tony Stark when you got when you got the move set up, but you would like you don't got the funds and you just got to piece together a way. <laughs> like you just you be finding stuff, you be finding way. Me now, I don't yeah. have the ingenuity for nothing. If somebody say they want something, here, man, here, take it. I'm already paid. Here, go on about your way. I I don't have like crazy the patience. Part of my life. I don't have the patience to do all the jugging and waiting and hoping like, bro, if, if they catch me, like I'm cooked, I, I don't got time for it no more, man. I really and truly don't. So, yeah. Yeah. And the crazy part is, mind you to the audience, that's before most of us even started a credit card or anything. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, Cause back sure. in the day, yeah. you could have probably used the credit card, but I ain't had no credit card at 19. I, I just wasn't, wasn't nothing that was a priority for me at the time. So I was yeah. like, I got to figure this out. <laughs> My friend had a maxed out Discover card at the time. That was it. <laughs> a Discover card that had a four hundred dollar limit and a five hundred dollar balance. That was that was all my homie at the time. Yeah, show be like that. It really do. It really do. By the way, I was finna say a word that I should not say to keep our clean rating. But bump Discover card. Forget those guys. What a what a bunch of crooks they are. But anyway, we <laughs> we got a show to get into. And, you know, we're we going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about the NBA, obviously. The finals are about to kick off, and we're going to talk about the conference finals and how they went. But if we're talking about money, we got to talk about the highest paid 15, the 15 highest paid quarterbacks in NFL history. And we're going to break them down by tier one, tier two, and tier three. All right? We're going we gonna to break them down. We're going to go player by player, and uh, we're going to truly get into – which of these quarterbacks earned their bread and which of these quarterbacks was just kind of along for the ride when all of the quarterbacks got paid. That sound like a good show to y'all? Sound good yes, to me. All righty. Well, before we get into it, we got to remind y'all about the Pop Pick'em Challenge. We ain't getting enough subs now. We ain't getting enough subs. I'm trying to tell you, if you sign up for this Pop Pick'em Challenge, find me another uh, find me another podcast that's giving you the opportunity to turn $30 into a thousand. Find me one. Find me one and I'll double the pop. Find me anyone. I'm trying to tell you all you got to do is be subscribed through the entire NFL season. Pick three to five games a week and beat us in picking those three to five games. And boom, your name will instantly be entered into a drawing to win a cash prize. The bigger the challenge is, the more people get involved, the more money you stand to win. So just a note about that. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Facts over access. The pod is trying to get you paid. Anywho. Let's get into this show. What's up, y'all? It's the favorite hour of the week. Pull up, have a seat for your favorite hour of the week with the facts over Axe Crew. We got the master, the mixing master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And we got the little old MC, that is me, Ken Gibbs. Now, folks, we're looking at the finals, okay? Josh was right about the, the, the West. Josh was right. Exactly five and the Warriors. Hey. He's he's clairvoyant. The man's a soothsayer. We got to give him his flower. With that being said, the East, Jimmy Butler and that three-point attempt in game seven. Fellas, was that a bad shot? Talk to me. No. Mm. It was not a bad shot. It was a bad, it was a bad decision. I think it's the difference between a bad shot and a bad decision. That's a mm-hmm. very makeable shot. Is it a makeable shot from Jimmy Butler? 
we haven't necessarily seen him be a knockdown shooter. He is very clutch. We haven't seen him be a knockdown shooter, especially running full speed, stopping on the dime and taking that shot. The reason it's a bad decision is because even if you stutter step right there, you got Al Horford closing out on you. While Al Horford has probably had the best playoffs of his entire life going back to sixth grade ball, still, if you're Jimmy Butler, you drive that on and you lay the ball up and the game is tied and Boston has to make a decision. And I understand you were open and you might have wanted to play hero ball and that would have blew the roof off the place if you made that shot. But at the same time, you're playing for a trip to the NBA Finals, so you got to tie that game up and at least, get, at least give your team a chance to win a regulation or take it to OT or give Boston a chance to beat you. You can't beat yourself in that situation. Right. Right. Chris, what you think, man? Is that a bad shot? No. Actually, uh, fun fact for everybody that's listening. Jimmy Butler on a spot-up threes off the run, he's shooting 48%, by the way. And the three-pointer he made, that only other three-pointer he made that game was the same type of three-pointer he made right there. So mm-hmm. I think it was a smart decision because if you make that shot, the pressure's not on you anymore. The pressure's on Boston. And mind you, mind you, it was still a lot of time left. So you missed that shot. You still were, they were still in the game. Like Struess still had a chance to hit another three and tie the game up. Right. So I think it was a great opportunity so they could make sure they get the ball back. Uh, yeah, Boston could have held it, but you're going to foul, obviously. You only down one. So to me, it was a, it was a split decision, which, I mean, if Jimmy could redo it over, I think he shoot that shot 100 times out of 100 times, and I think he would make it. Jimmy Butler has shown he's a clutch player, and on top of that, I'm a firm believer in you stay with what got you there. If Jimmy right. Butler doesn't go crazy game one and give you 41, you don't win game one. If he doesn't go nuclear game six and give you almost 50, you don't get there. You stay with what got you there. Nobody else on that Heat roster got them to that game seven other than Jimmy. Jimmy was playing his mind out this series. And I hope people start giving Jimmy his respect. You know, I have to say, I have to say, Jimmy Butler in this Eastern Conference Finals was shooting 29% from deep, okay? Jimmy Butler on his career is a 34% three-point shooter in the playoff. All right. Jimmy Butler in that game wasn't shooting particularly well from deep. Okay. Jimmy Butler shot four for eight from deep the game before. And y'all know me. I abandoned the law averages with the Mavericks and it bit me in and right in the butt. It bit me in the butt. And so I, I go back to the law averages. I go back. And with that being said, Al Horford. Not a great rim protector. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Not a great rim protector. With all that being said, Jimmy made the best decision possible. Jimmy made the best decision possible because did y'all see that Heat team and, and how they walked in the pregame? They looked they like they didn't feel like a game seven. They looked like yeah. they they looked like they had just come back from Storm in Normandy. I mean. Carl, uh, Kyle Lowry walking around like like it was he was struggling <laughs> to carry all that cheekage with him. Uh, you had Tyler Hero who like how many minutes did Tyler Hero play last game? Like five. He couldn't do it. He tried. That's that what I'm saying. Like yeah. that team, you watched that entire team in pregame. They were tore down. They were. And the reality is, the longer that that game went on, advantage goes to the Celtics. 
advantage goes to just because they were the healthier team. Trying to end the game right there was the right decision. It was the right decision. Now, with that being said, were there better possible decisions? I want to say Laurie was on the break with him, and he hit Not, the corner. It was. Um, it wasn't Laurie. It was you had Struce on the left side. On the right side, it was um, Oladipo. Oladipo's on the right side, but Tatum honestly, was face guarding Oladipo. So Oladipo would have had to make a move honestly, anyway. Honestly, honestly, and truly. I'm all right with giving Struce that shot. I know that the star, I know you the star. I know Jimmy's the star. I know he's the guy. I know that part of the deal, and you. this is why I hate to say this, and I hate to bring him up in the conversation he's not in, but this is why I'm a LeBron guy. Because the, the times where he made the pass, when everybody said, you have to shoot that shot. To me, you trust a professional to be a professional. Struce is there for one reason. Let's be honest. Struce ain't putting nobody in the blender with his handles. He ain't, he ain't nobody's Gary Payton. He ain't nobody's Tony Allen. He ain't nobody. You're there for one reason, Struce. Jimmy is there for a lot of reasons. He's there to do a lot of things. Struce, do your one thing that you're good at. Go. Go in this thing. In this thing. And um, I, I, I honestly, though, if I'm spoke, why wasn't Duncan on the floor? That's just me. Wow. You know, I, what did, I mean, Duncan Robinson did not play a lot this he year. He played an entire playoffs, it seemed like. He only played yeah. the first round. He had one nuclear game, and he, he put, stunk it up the second game. Ain't played since. Really. Uh, but I think it's because you can't have him and Struess on the court at the same time. Like, you got to go with one or the other. And Struess has played a lot. So, like, you you can't play both of them. You're, you, your defense is going to look real shaky in the light if you put both of them on the court at the same time. I mean, every wing on the court is going, barbecue chicken alert. <laughs> but, I mean, it was minutes where the Heat hadn't even scored in, like, two, three, four minutes sometimes. Yeah. You know, dunking yeah. somebody that you just throw and let him just get some Jackson shots up, try to drop You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I, I think that it was just a, again, you got to play one of them and you can't play both. And that's, it's it's really unfortunate. But that's the way it worked out. And, again, did Jimmy make a bad decision? No. I don't think that he I don't think that that shot was a horrible decision. Um I just think that it was one of those moments where better decisions were available. But that wasn't a that wasn't a bad decision at all. Um so, moving forward from there, we have the matchup that absolutely nobody wanted. About 70% of America has no one to root for in this game. So, congratulations <laughs> NBA. With that being said, we got Warriors. We got Celtics. Fellas, what does each team need to do to win? I'm going to start with you, Josh. Since you were the one who called the Warriors to the chip uh, in like the beginning of the season, tell us what your Warriors got to do to win. Tell us what the Dubs got to do. So in, in, or, in order for them to win, the Warriors have to limit mistakes, which is a thing that like they've been able to get away with making those turnovers, playing less experienced teams. And Boston does have a plethora of experience. Um, this deep in the playoffs, but still they have the best defense in the league by a landslide. They're going to take advantage of those opportunities where other teams didn't. So mm-hmm. they have to minimize their mistakes in order to win. And that's kind of going to be hard to do when you're a team that has turned the ball over a ridiculous amount the entire season. Those are habits that you make. You can't have those habits for, um, you know, throughout the playoffs and the regular season, they played about 90-something games. You can't have right. those habits for 100 games to be like, you know what, the finals are here. Let's just stop turning the ball over. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's the that's the one major. I think if they limit turning the ball over, this series is over easily. But the Warriors were second in the in the league in turnovers, and they were first out of all the teams in the playoffs in turnovers. So, mm-hmm. okay, Chris, what do the Warriors need to do to win? Oh, it's simple, man. The Warriors need to run on transition and not let that Boston defense uh, set up. Because if they let that Boston defense set up, they have. Boston is the number one defensive team for a reason. They can switch anywhere. Curry is going to be running from JT, JB, Marky Smart, Grant Williams. They're going to have so many bodies in front of Curry. Every time Curry thinks he slip off a screen, it's going to be somebody coming, following up on that screen. So they need to, that's a couple of things, actually. So they need to do that, for one. Everybody needs to be clicking. Because um, you're going to get some open shots because switching sometimes leads to some sagging defense. But take care of the basketball, as Guyton said. The Warriors cannot take care of the basketball. Curry is not a transition defender. He's made a concerted effort to be better defensively in a half-court set. But transition-wise, Curry is not proving that he's a great transition defender. Also, Klay Thompson. He just came off two of the major injuries. And I know everybody keeps saying Clay is back, Clay is back, Clay is back. That's good. I'm happy for Clay. I'm I'm one of the most happy for Clay because I hate seeing a player in his career early. But Clay, to me, has lost a step defensively. And yeah. if you got Clay running up and down the court for six, seven games this series, which I think it will go, we get into predictions later. I think it's tough on Clay's body. And I think the Warriors are going to be in for a rude surprise they turn that ball over. And the last thing they got to do is, I don't know what got into Looney last series or the Dallas was just that bad. Rebounding the basketball was not their strong suit at all. Like, Denver kept games close because they rebound the basketball really well. The Warriors were 15 out of 16 teams in rebounding the basketball. So, that being said, if they can get Looney to get you 10 rebounds a night, Draymond to get you 8 rebounds a night, and then everybody else get their five, six rebounds a night. They should be okay on the rebounding end. But Boston going to rebound that basketball. They got a lot. Like, the shortest person they start lineup is Marcus Smart. That, that's a tough – that's a tall and tough starting lineup. The key to this series, and I'm glad I'm wearing my Tiger shirt because the key to this series is going to be a Michigan man. Draymond Green, how are you going to act? If Draymond Green shows up as his best self, if he controls his emotions, if he is a depend, the dependable do-everything guy that they're used to, they're going to win this series easily. They're going to win this series five tops, five tops. But if Draymond show up, showing his behind, acting out, picking up dumb fouls, getting texts, uh, turning the ball over, this, this is not going to go well for them. This is not going to go well for that team because having the best defense, you cannot have the best defense and no toughness. Those two things cannot exist in the same space. They cannot. That Boston lineup is tough. They are physical. They are very, very physical. The Warriors have no chance of matching that physicality if Draymond does not teeter that edge. If he doesn't like... Like what uh what what uh Professor Xavier said in uh X-Men First Class. It's not just about rage, it's the 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 perfect balance of rage and focus. If Draymond gets there to where he's playing with that passion and that fire, but he's also he knows the refs make a call, I ain't talking to him. I'm a you know, hey, he I made don't the call. I think I ever seen that happen. 
But that, but but I'm telling you, if if Draymond, if he can just not pick up stupid texts, if he can not pick up stupid fouls, this, I think that this series, and and of course he has to play well. If he does those things, I I don't think that this series, I don't think the Celtics have a chance because when he's, yeah. yes, Clay has lost a step defensively, but when we talk about switching everything, one of the first teams to do that and do that well was the Warriors. Yeah. And why were the Warriors able to do that well? Because of that six eight power forward they had, that he he you could switch them on up. Actually, six eight is being real generous. How tall is Draymond? About six six. Yeah, I say six five six six. Six five six six. That six six power forward they had that wherever whoever went, he could, he could go ahead and do it. So, uh, day day, this series is on you, big dog. Because I guarantee you, there isn't a world where he plays a great series and the the Warriors lose. There isn't one. There it doesn't exist. Unless unless Marcus Smart pulls out the most Herculean defensive effort we ever see on Steph Curry, there isn't a world where um I was about to say Draymond Maple Jordan him. might change your mind about that. I think he's <laughs> the X Factor in this series. I mean We we gonna see. We gonna see. So fellas, what do the Boston Celtics have to do to win this series? Chris, I'm gonna start with you since you win Boston. What do they need to do? Hey man, I'm not gonna lie. I really, really like this matchup. Like this might be yeah. tuned for one of the best matchups since maybe 2016. Like I feel like that's the first last finals that we watched where we didn't know what was gonna happen. Like 2016 to me was the last finals where every the first two games started off as blowouts. So that's why I usually let the finals. I let it get to game three before I really dig deep into it because. Usually the one team finished early and they'd be a little rusty. They get blew out. Then mm-hmm. they come back next game with another punch. The game three is when the, when the finals really start for me. And this gives me that feeling of that series like we had in 2016. Uh, 20, I mean, other than 20, yeah, 2016 was the last one. 2017, KD was on the Warriors. 2018, KD was on the Warriors. 2019, the Warriors got hurt. Toronto won. 2020, the Lakers, the bubble year. The bubble was just, yeah, it was, it was a real championship, but. It was just, yeah. And then the Bucks and the Suns, Chris Paul in the finals. It just don't even, never mind. But so he broke that addiction, baby. Shout out to Chris Paul. <laughs> Call as, a, as a fellow addict who went clean, man, I'm proud of you, Chris. It's not easy. You know what I mean? But you keep fighting a good fight every day to stay clean. And I'm proud of you, baby boy. Go ahead, Chris. But yeah, so what Boston needs to do? Okay. One, those inconsistent nights by Jalen Brown, they have to stop right now. They, you will get exposed yeah. in this finals because you got a, the best shooting backcourt ever you're going against. Mm-hmm. So you have to produce. You and Jaylen, Jason Tatum have the ability to cancel that out offensively. Now, not I didn't say eliminate, but but cancel it out at least. Right. Like if they get if they combine for 60, y'all got to combine for 60 or close to it. Now, defensively, I think the Boston's are Boston is great. How much more gas is Al Horford having to take is the biggest question. Because I ain't never seen Al Horford act like this. I have never, <laughs> ever. 30 and 15 by Al Horford? Like, if you told me that back when he was with the Hawks, I still wouldn't believe. Like, it would be hard for me to believe That's... against the Hawks. Like, let me let me pick the mic up. 30 and 15 from Al totally, Horford. Totally different. A different guy. <laughs> Listen, listen, if he does that, 
they win the championship for the next 10 years. Like if Al Horford hoops like that, like if Al Horford, if Al Horford hooping like that at 47, uh, we, they need to get his blood tested immediately. You understand <laughs> if that, if they, that man is hooping like that at 47, uh, come listen, on, man. But I listen, feel you. Bro. So, so that, and I don't know about y'all, but game one Thursday, I'm popping me the biggest thing of popcorn. That's going to be my one day. I eat whatever. Cause I'm on that nice diet, but I'm popping me. Marcus Smart and Stephen Curry going to be pay-per-view. That That is going to be pay-per-view TV, man. Because yeah. Curry is a finesse player, so flopping don't really work against him. Like, Smart, you play good defensive, defensively, but you do flop a lot, Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. That is going to be what tells it. Because historically, the Warriors do not handle teams that are rough and, and put bodies on them. Historically. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics, that's how they play defense. They they play old school basketball on defense. I really like this matchup. So the, for the Celtics, my three points was Al Horford got to be there. Jalen Brown can't be inconsistent. And Marcus Smart has to make Curry work on defense and offense equally as much. Okay. Josh, what do they need to do? What do the Celtics need to do? They need to shoot, shoot, shoot. And I know that sounds weird coming from a team that's undersized, possibly the most undersized team that we've ever seen be in the NBA Finals. But if you look at where Golden State's troubles come from, especially in his playoffs, I don't know if it's the age, the miles on those bodies, but Poole is not a great defender. Steph can play passing lanes, but he's not a great on-ball defender. Play has lost a step. So, making them switch on the perimeter and getting open looks from three and knocking them down has been killing Golden State all playoffs. When they struggled against Denver, Denver shot almost 50% from three. When they got blown out by 50 from Memphis, Memphis made about 23s that game. When they just lost to to Dallas, when they kind of made up the deficit at the end, but Dallas shot, I think they shot 48% from three that game. And I know a lot of teams, especially a team as um, I don't want to say as tough, but a team that got size and grit like Boston, their first instinct is going to be to go inside. But Golden State has a system to where they use those small bodies to strip the ball loose and to make it tough to get buckets on the inside. Draymond is like a brick brick wall down there. Clay, who um, Steph is good at playing, playing the weak side and poking the ball loose. So really the only great like perimeter defender that you have over there is Wiggins. So if Boston makes them run through those screens, makes them switch and gets open shots and knocks down the shots. Cause Golden State gets away with a lot of, you know what? He open, you know, you have the open gym and, and, and you just go He's ahead. Self-check. Yeah. He's you self-check. just, you just, put, you just put the hand up. They get away with that a lot. So if you actually knock down your shots and force them to work on that perimeter, not only is that going to open the game up for you, if you're knocking down shots, but if you force them to close out on those, that, that makes it getting baskets in the lane a lot easier. I got a question for Guyton, actually, though. If you, Steve Kerr, right? Yeah. Who do you put as the primary defender on Jason Tatum? Because if you put if you put Wiggins on him, though, remind you, that means Clay or Curry has to check Jalen Brown. I'm putting Clay on Jalen Brown. And then so you okay with Curry guard smart because smart offensively is yeah. that. Okay, so now what do you do with Draymond? Because Robert Williams can have a day. He can have a day. I'm Robert Williams got a day on Draymond. No, no, I'm saying he can have a day if you don't put Draymond on him. Physically, he can. 
Physically, no, I, you smoking crack. Listen, listen no, listen. I, I'm saying no, Giz. I'm saying that Robert Williams. If you don't put, if you <laughs> don't put Draymond on Robert Williams, he could have a day because Curry and Smart in a pick and roll. Robert Williams gonna eat that apart because Jordan Poole is gonna be the other guy out there most of the time. Look, okay. so, uh, all right, okay, I give, I give you that. I give that. I give that. So, so, so here's my thing. I, I do think that physically, with his age and with his athletic ability, Robert Williams could wear down Draymond. But mentally, I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Oh, I. Demarcus Cousins couldn't physically wear down Draymond. Demarcus Cousins is washed, very washed. Demarcus Cousins is stronger than Robert Williams. But he don't have the speed. He don't have he don't have the the hops like he used to. I think if they play that the right way, Robert Williams could possibly get off with his primary defender being Draymond. But I'm he's not going this. to. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. I swear to God on everything I love. If I was Steve Kerr and they said we gonna count on Robert Williams, I say beating Draymond in the post. <laughs> hey, clear out. Robert, get down on the block. You got Draymond on you. Get down. If they did that, I, I swear to God, I would give M.A. Udoka a ring from the Warriors if, they, if that was their offensive strategy. If that was what they said. Even you deserved it. See, you too happy. I get me a longer ring too. You making that man so happy, he delusional out there on that court. He doing whatever. I think, baby, I thank you. I, let me tell you, the key to the Celtics winning this series is very simple. That core has to go legend. That core has to go let Jason Tatum, you got to average at least, at least 32. You got to average at least 32. Jalen Brown, Chris already talked about it. The inconsistency has to stop. Marcus Smart, young man. You got to show up. You got to show and prove on both ends in this series. Let me tell you why. Everybody talks about Clay losing a step defensively. We're forgetting Clay is putting up some of the best offensive numbers he ever has in the playoffs this year. Ever. Both volume and percentage. This man is a bit more efficient than he's ever been for the most part. And dropping more than he ever has for an entire playoff for the most part. I am telling you right now, those three, if they are good, the Celtics lose this series. If they're below, if they're average, oh, <laughs> this is going to be short, short work. This is going to be short, very nasty work. This is not going to be, <laughs> yeah. it ain't going to be no, you know what I mean? I'm telling you right now, Tatum has to show up huge. Smart has to show up every game. Uh, Brown has to show up huge offensively because honestly, there are certain things that you just have to understand is going to happen when you play the Warriors. Curry's going to get his. Clay, to some extent, is going to get his. But the way that the Warriors have won is they've like just kind of what is the word I'm looking for? Um, they have nickel and dime teams to death in terms of yep. you think, oh, this player ain't going to do much. LOL, JK, he chipped in 12. This player ain't going to do much. Yep. LOL, JK, he, tips, he chips in 11. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, wait a minute. Did they just have eight guys average double digits this series against us? And it's that's how the game goes. But the only way you can defeat that type of balance is by showing up and showing out with your stars. So I'm going to tell you this. If those, if those stars don't show up, again, good night down the road for a long flight. But if they do, we'll see one of the most entertaining finals in recent and, uh, history. And to, yeah. to me, something that's real slept on with the Warriors, they have – 
a older Iguodala, like not that's not Iguodala. Like Iguodala is more of a mentor right now for the team. Like yeah. he might suit up for the finals, but I, I don't, I doubt it. Otto Porter is similar to that Iguodala that played in those championship very runs. True. If you put Draymond Wiggins, Otto Porter, Stephen Clay, that's similar to the original death lineup they had. And Otto Porter defensively, he's not a slouch. Like, Otto Porter is solid. He's a long wing guy like Iguodala was. That makes a matter of problems because now Al Horford has to stay in front of somebody more than being a rim protector. Mm -hmm. And Robert Williams, on his hobbled leg, has to move around the court. And, and let you tell the Warriors, oh, you self-check. You ain't going to knock that shot down. Again, <laughs> you're going to – who? Which one? I, I don't know what contract negotiations look like in Golden State, but I feel like they put you on the court, and if you don't make 10 out of 10 threes, they, they tearing that. <laughs> they ripping it right. Jerry, no. hey, you see wintertime. You see how Jerry West be playing it. Yeah. <laughs> you son of a – you only made four. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, brother. You can go ahead hey, and get hey, on out of here. Not gonna hold you up though. If Damian Lee get too many minutes, though, I, I think 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 that's a <laughs> Damian Lee get too many minutes this series. He is fish food and he can't buy a bucket, bro. So so tell me this. So tell me this. We've talked about what both teams need to do to win. Now tell me who actually wins. Tubbs, you beat us to it. You beat us to it, Tubbs. You could held, held out for just a second and we was gonna get to the prediction. But anyway, tell me who who y'all think are gonna take this thing home. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I got Warriors in five. I got Warriors in five. And, I, and let me tell you, I honestly don't believe that the, the Celtics core have it in them to all go legend. And that's what they're going to need right. to win. And even if they do all go legend, this is still going to be at least a six-game series, even if they win it. But I got the Warriors in five, possibly six. I don't see this, this series going past six unless there's some egregious, egregious, egregious nonsense going on um, on the behalf of the Warriors. Or the official. With that being said, Guyton, who you got? My heart is telling me Warriors in six. My brain is telling me Boston in seven. Mm. And the only reason I say that is because when you got a defense that tough like Boston, regardless of how well that core plays, and I honestly don't have faith in that core with the exception of Jason Tatum, but you can easily lose games by a couple of points making that many mistakes against a defense that good. But also you got an experienced season Golden State team, and I can't see them handing this ring away, but this is also a team that I've personally felt like hasn't really taken the playoffs that serious. Like even though they made it to the finals, watching these games, it seemed like they're been, they've been just like going in cruise control almost. Because I don't want to say they've had an easy path to the finals thus far, but I feel like they've been in cruise control against these teams because we knew th- these teams that we I already knew Denver, Memphis, and and Dallas was not about to beat Golden State, and I feel like that lackadaisical attitude that I've seen them play with might cost them. I want to I want to say one more thing about why I think the Warriors take this in five. If the Celtics were healthy, I would absolutely say that this would be a much closer series, potentially going seven. It could go to the Celtics. The Celtics are are banged up and beat up and bruised up. And one of the things that you have to take advantage of with this Warriors team is that they're older. Whether you want to talk about it or not, yeah. the guys who play a lot of minutes are older. But if you're not healthy, you can't take advantage of that. You cannot yeah. take advantage of like, 
oh, they're going to do a lot of their self-check because your legs ain't behind your jump shot. You, so, you so, know what I mean? So something in the back of my mind is telling me Boston is seven, but my official prediction is it's Golden State in six. Okay, Chris, what you got? Are you gonna be the you gonna be the only one to go against the gray? What you got? All right, listen, man, I'm keeping a buck with y'all, bro. I think the opposite. I think the Celtics are finally, finally starting to be healthy. Um, Marcus Smart has been playing incredible in Miami series. He missed the he missed the game, but he came back, lights out, missed another game because they was in a position where he could rest another game. They gave him the adequate amount of rest. Him and Robert Williams both sat out two games last series that helped them with their rest, and they came back balling. Hey, man, I got to go against the grain, man. I think the Celtics making this series a long series actually helps them. Because if you look at and dissect every playoff round, mind you, this is the revenge tour for the Celtics. This has been incredible. Like how this all yeah. lined up. You got to take out Brooklyn first. Then you take out Milwaukee, who took you out. The, and then you take out Miami, who took you out last time using the Eastern Conference Finals. That's crazy how that lined up like that. But it did. And then the, if you look at all those series I just named, right? Mm-hmm. Other than Brooklyn, because they they just wa- washed Brooklyn off the court. Yeah, the deeper they got into that series, the more the defense got adjusted and got better. If you can go steal one at Chase Center, because I think they're gonna lead Boston one one. I think Golden State take one. I think Boston split. But if you could lead Chase Center and take a game and go back to Boston two two, that crowd in Boston, like I live out here, man. That crowd in Boston is nuts. No, this is the same crowd that threw a water bottle at Kyrie just because. Like the, the Celtics had won the game. They just threw a oh, water we bottle. Know. We know how Celtic fans can get. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just letting y'all know what we're dealing with. On we top have a of a very long historical reference of how Celtics fans can get. Hey, Don't listen, listen. On top of the fact that you let them implement more and more defensive changes against that Warriors team. I think the Warriors are going to get tired and gassed because both ends of the floor, the Warriors got a lot of scores, don't get me wrong. The Celtics don't have as many scores by far. But pound for pound, down low, big man's game. If you look at the last three titles, it's been a big man, big big boy style of basketball has won the title. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this much. I... I think that this is this is going to be an interesting time to see uh, who's right here because uh, I, last time I went against the grain with Josh, I, I I was looking crazy. I was looking real crazy out there. Yeah. So, we, I don't want to I don't want to toot my horn. I'm not going to toot my horn because I switched my prediction to Golden State Milwaukee once the playoffs actually started. But preseason, I said Golden State Boston in the finals. You did. He said he said Boston number one seed too, and they had it for about two hours until Miami game finished. <laughs> so I mean, Guyton said some crazy stuff. Like, bro, people text me in the beginning of the season, like, bro, that Guyton guy on your show is he's he's smoking, bro. The Celtics being first seed. <laughs> I was like, hey, bro, that's his pick. Hey, and then I think people called me crazy for saying Jamar Chase was rookie of the year. You see how that turned out? Yeah, yeah, man. I, hey, listen, all I know is. Guyton said some crazy stuff this year. I think Guyton might, them would you rather's might be true when it comes to Guyton. Like Guyton low-key sitting <laughs> on some bread over there because he ain't yeah, trying to give us yeah. the inside scoop. Yeah, he he's the actual time traveler that's coming back and just like, yeah, give me that Chase guy. But he ain't played football in a year. Give me Chase. <laughs> Put the check on Chase, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so we got our predictions for the finals out the way. And now we are going to talk 
about the 10, I'm sorry, the 15 highest paid quarterbacks in NFL history. Before we get out of here, we're going to break these things up into uh, three groups of five, tier one, tier two, tier three. And we're going to explain the players who was on the brink, and then we're going to get on out of here. That sound good to y'all? Sound good yeah. to me. All right. So the highest grossing quarterback of all time, and we're talking pure salary here. We're just talking salary. Uh, Tom Brady, $333 million. Next is Aaron Rodgers at 306. Next is Matt Stafford at 301. Next is um, Matt Ryan at 292. Next is Drew Brees at 270. Next is Ben Roethlisberger at 267. Next is Eli Manning at 252. Big brother Peyton coming in right behind him at 249. Phillip Rivers at 244. Russell Wilson at 205. Uh, Kirk Cousins at 202. Alex Smith at 190, Joe Flacco at 175, Carson Palmer at 174, and Ryan Tannehill at 169. I'm going to read off mine, and then I'm going to explain them, and, and, and we're going to roll from there, all right? Tier one, I got Brady, Rodgers, Stafford, Breeze, Peyton. And I know some people are going to look at me crazy and say that Stafford being in tier one is wild, but I'm going to just tell you this. I'm going to just tell you this. If you take him out of tier one, who are you going to replace him with? Who are you going to replace him with? I ain't going to lie. You're going to replace him with I would, Matt, no, Matt Ryan? No, not Ryan. I would replace him with Russell Wilson. I need to see a little bit more from Stafford. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to tell you this. One of them played with the Legion of Boom. One of them's defense average giving up like 26 points a game uh, a game in the playoffs, and they both had the same amount of rings. I'm, I get I'm, you, I get you, but one of them never had a Calvin Johnson. You so wait a minute. You would rather <laughs> take a one great receiver over an entire. I'm just unit. saying. I'm saying no. See, you thinking of the, you thinking of the championship. I'm saying if you don't t- give Matthew Stafford Calvin Johnson, a lot of his okay. stats not going to be what you That's think fair. they are. That's fair. Because Calvin fair. Johnson helps your stats as a quarterback a lot. That's fair. If you give Russell Wilson a Calvin Johnson, his stats would be like, hold on now. Who, who is this man? That's fair. That's fair. All right. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, so that's that's my tier one. Tier two, Matt Ryan, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, Russell Wilson, Eli. Now, let me tell you, Russell Wilson... I will give you this. Russell Wilson was the guy for me who was he was on the brink of tier one. It was tough to not give him tier one. It was tough. I because I'm an NC State guy. He's an NC State guy. It was tough. It was tough. I love me some Russ. But I looked at it and I said, if if he goes in, I gotta take somebody out. And you know, next behind him, I'll probably say is uh is uh Roethlisberger, then Rivers, then Ryan. Um uh, actually no, Roethlisberger, then Ryan, then Rivers. Uh, another NC State guy, which you know, love him, but I couldn't 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 put him in tier one. Uh, Eli Manning is a guy that honestly, if it wasn't for the playoffs, he would be tier three for me. And let me yeah. explain to let me explain to you why in just a second. Tier three: Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, Joe Flacco, Carson Palmer, Ryan Tannehill. Let me explain some of y'all. Durability is literally the only thing that Eli Manning had better than Carson Palmer in terms of regular season. That was it. Everything else, literally everything else, Carson Palmer wipes. Everything else. Like, that's crazy. I got their stats pulled up side by side here. Carson Palmer had the higher completion percentage. 
He had they had identical touchdown rates, identical interception rates. Um and Carson Palmer had higher yard per average, air yard per average. Like this is again, it it's not I'm not saying that like Carson is a exponentially better player. As you can see, he's clearly a tier below him, but those two are much closer than people realize because I mean Eli beat who he beat for his two Super Bowls. But other than that, uh, I feel like the rest are pretty And that that's the other part of it. That's the other part of it. Eli's defense allowed 45 points in a four-game uh, <laughs> right. Super Bowl. Do you know how nuts that is? The greatest offense in NFL history up to that date. Them boys allowed 14 points, man. That offense was averaging about 30. Yeah. And Strahan and company said, 30. We'll give you 14 and you'll like it. So that's that to me, you know, again, I don't really, again, Cousins, obvious reasons he's there. Alex Smith, obvious reason he's there. Flacco, he's even worse than Eli. Just one playoff run for him. Tannehill, I don't know how he got that bread, boy. His agent, <laughs> his agent need to be in the jug for Ness Hall of Fame. His agent need to go to the draft. He need to like go to the combine every year and say, hey, man. You need to rock with me. And when they say why, um, the 15th highest paid quarterback of all time is Ryan Tannehill. You want to know who made him that? This guy. Yeah, it's me. So, uh, you know, I'm who you want to be with. If you're the Ryan Tannehill of receivers, imagine being the 15th highest paid of all time. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Anywho, y'all boys be safe. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> all right. So, Josh. Tell me your top. Tell me your tears, man. Tell me your tears. All right, tier one. I'm going Brady. Mm-hmm. I'm going Rogers. Mm-hmm. I'm going Breeze. Mm-hmm. I'm going Manning mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Right. I don't think those need to be explained. Mm-hmm. And who's your fifth? Who's your fifth in that one? I gotta go Stafford. Love to see it. Love I gotta to go see Stafford. That. I don't love to see that. It, it, it is, Stafford is in tier one just because other people on the list. It'd be kind of disrespectful to put any of them ahead of Stafford. Love to see if that. he didn't win this Super Bowl, uh, then he would have to go. Yeah, a tier I wouldn't now. say disrespectful, but it, it's a it's a debate. It's a debate. it's an argument for us. I think Russ is it's the a, only it's one in tier us. two. Yeah, I think he's the only I got another one on there that I I, I might be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, no. tier two. I'm going Rivers. Mm-hmm. I'm going Wilson. Mm-hmm. I'm going Manning. Mm-hmm. I'm going Palmer. Okay. And I'm going Ryan. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. You put Palmer ahead of Roethlisberger? Yep. The disrespect on this show. I'm just saying, if you look at it from a numbers perspective, Carson Palmer put up elite level numbers if you take into consideration and, and ben the, the pieces that they put around carson palmer that is fair that's that's he, also out of everybody on his list true. offensively that's and true. defensively he had the worst pieces by a landslide well i'll say that his franchise also wasn't the successful franchise it is today so that's part of the reason that's true but who's the best running back carson palmer ever had uh, um david was Johnson, he ain't it? who he had David Johnson for David Johnson early years, didn't he? 
Oh, yeah. When he was with the Cardinals, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably say Corey Dillon. I'd probably say Corey Dillon. Well, that's Corey another Dillon good one. That's not even Corey had Dillon. a bad one. Yeah. That Corey one. Dillon gave you. No, no, no. He had he had trash running backs games. outside of him. Yeah, he was <laughs> he had some trash outside of Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon was a baller, but everybody else, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about and that. And then of course that would leave tier three, Roethlisberger, cousins, uh, Flacco Smith, and Tannehill. Oh my God. So you you really putting Roethlisberger in tier you gotta explain this. You gotta explain that one player. You gotta I will explain, explain it, it uh by not explaining it. Wow. Sans sans the uh lackluster US legal system. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's that's a that's a take. That's a take. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie to you. That's a that's that's a one way to look at it. Okay. All right. All right. So you said you said Roethlisberger, who else is in your tier three? Uh Tannehill, uh-huh. uh Flacco, Smith and Cousins. Okay. All right, all right. Chris, talk to me. Who who's your tier? Cause, Cause you apparently got somebody in tier two that we we overlooking. Talk to me. Listen, bro. I'm going Brady Rogers, Breeze, Manny. Those are the obvious four. If you don't got those four, I don't yeah, even know why you're right. you, 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 You're just I'm wrong. A, you're just yeah. wrong if those four are your top four. I, I'm gonna throw Roethlisberger in tier one. Let me tell you why. If Roethlisberger retired when he was supposed to retire, those bad years he had wouldn't y'all that you only remember Roethlisberger's bad years right now. Like the last three years, Roethlisberger that, 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 that was that, that is true. I do agree with he that. was he was terrible. If you go back four years ago, Roethlisberger literally was probably he was doing things on the field that we was like, bro, like how did he make that? Like look at Antonio Brown in any other situation, any other situation, Roethlisberger had to deal with that, and he made Antonio Brown. The best receiver in the league two years in a row. Two years in a row. And San Antonio Brown's a six-round draft pick, mind you. He was a six-round draft pick because he was an asshole. Everybody <laughs> knew he was a baller. He was just a dick. I, I get you. I get you. I get you. But what I'm saying is Ben Roethlisberger had the leadership capability. He also has the stats and the Super Bowls. And he always... all. Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season yet. Huh. Why? Why is that? Because he's had a reliable quarterback all of those years. Even Big, Big, Big Ben's latter years, he'd have a terrible game, but he'd come out there and throw five touchdowns the next game. Okay? Big Ben, if he were retired two years ago when he was supposed to, instead of dragging that career out, Big Ben wouldn't be this disrespected. Now, tier two, I'm going to lead off of Stafford. Stafford was the one on the cusp. Stafford and Wilson is my lead in my tier two. Only reason why is because I need to see a little bit more for Stafford. One season, yes, you killed it, Stafford. You got a Super Bowl, you the man. But one season just ain't enough. I mean, the Lions teams were trash. They was hot garbage, and it's not Stafford's fault. But Wilson has dealt with a trash team after Legion of Boom broke up for a while now. His numbers are still ridiculous, ridiculous. His numbers are ridiculous, but they ain't pissed a drop in the playoffs since the Legion of Boom left. Exactly. But when he had a team, he he always was in contention. The, the, the Seahawks always in attention. The Lions, they didn't even, like Stafford didn't, his first playoff game was when he left the Lions. Playoff win, I should say. You know what I'm saying? Stafford, I mean, Wilson and Stafford, tier two for me. I'm a low-key throw Ryan, Rivers, and Palmer. Um. I, I don't see why you would put Palmer in tier three other than he didn't win nothing. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't see a drop in the playoffs, really. I mean, he had a couple of moments where he shined, a couple of runs where he shined, but I don't see why Palmer would get disrespected for tier three. 
But now my tier three, Eli. I really, I I really don't understand the hype behind Eli, bro. I really don't understand the hype behind Eli. Let me let's explain the two rings. The Patriots went through every and anybody the year he won, right? That that was the eighteen and O team. The defense kind of so look at Peyton Manning's last ring. That's how I feel about both Eli's rings. You know what I mean? Yeesh. That's how I feel about both Eli's Yeesh. rings. Like, Eli, yes, he made some good throws down the stretch. That Giants team was a tough team, though. Mm-hmm. I really just, I think, like, if, even if you look at the numbers, like, Stafford played with the Lions, and his numbers was, like, better than Eli's by far. Like, it wasn't even, like, you look at two sheets of paper with just their stats, and I know stats is only, like, 25% of it, but even the eye test, you look at Stafford play style and Eli's, Eli's not mobile quarterback at all. At least Stafford can get out the pocket and get you some yards if he had to. Eli doesn't really even have a deep ball like that. Like his deep ball is mid, if you ask me. Let me let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I did this I on my uh personal TikTok page. I got heated up by Giants fans for weeks about this take. Uh that Stafford was better than Eli. But I'm gonna throw one out that's gonna piss off the the Steelers fans. Stafford. Clears Roethlisberger too, and let me let me let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. For all that people talk about situations and who did what and who was better, there is again there is not a single thing, not a single statistical category where you can say Ben Roethlisberger clears Matt Stafford in the playoffs. I'm not even talking regular season. I'm just talking in the playoffs where everybody says Matt Stafford plays his worst. Highest completion percentage of the two. Ben Roethlisberger, 63. Stafford, 66. Touchdown to interception ratio. Stafford has 13 touchdowns against six interceptions. Ben Roethlisberger, 36 against 28. Stafford has more air yards per attempt, which means he's not dumping the ball down. This ain't, he just, oh, anybody? This man, listen, I love me some, some Matt Stafford, and I know that people may think that that's blinding me. But I'm going to just tell you, to me, if you're going to tell me there was a better player, I will simply ask you this. Because a lot of people say, well, his lack of success is the reason he don't get love and all that. Okay, fine. One thing that I believe in any situation when you're talking athletes, especially if they play the same position, if I replace player A with player B, which team gets better, which team gets worse? If you put Stafford on the Steelers and you put Roethlisberger on the Lions, boy, we not even having no, this conversation. Don't do that. Don't do that. We're not having this conversation. Prime Roethlisberger with Calvin? Get out of here. Get out of here. Prime Roethlisberger? You think Prime Roethlisberger? Get out of here. Think, get out of here. Hold on. Get out of here. Hold on. You, you be a disrespectful now. Hold ben Roethlisberger. So, so you're telling me. So you're telling me. We're, we're talking about Prime Roethlisberger, right? Did did the did the Steelers or did they not? Did they go to the Super Bowl or just the AFC Championship Roethlisberger's rookie year? Give, it was one give, of the two. Yeah, it don't even matter. Either let me, way, let me, let me, let me, either way, let me, let me, that let me. was his work. That was rookie him. He literally was wet behind the ears, barely knew the playbook type time. I'm joking. I'm sure he knew the playbook well. But he's a rookie. He walked in to kids, Jerome kids, Bettis. Kids. He walked in to hey, Troy hey, Palomalu. I'm glad you said Jerome Bettis. I'm glad guys. you said all that. I'm glad you said all that. I'm glad you said all that. I'm glad you said all that. The reason why Big Ben's numbers aren't as crazy as Stafford's is 
They've always Pittsburgh thrives on always having a great running game. That means a lot less throw attempts for Ben Roethlisberger for one. That mm-hmm. also have always had some of the elite receiver cores, right? They never had okay. a Calvin Johnson, never had a Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson. But those elite receiver cores, what they do is they open the field up for a lot less passes, a lot more big game passes. Also, they a lot of screen routes. The Steelers run a lot of screen routes. You got to put in play. You, you play football, Giz. Playbook plays a big factor. System plays Absolutely. a big factor in football. Absolutely. Ben Roethlisberger numbers aren't where they should be because of the system he played in. It wasn't that's okay. not a quarterback so, friendly system. So Chris, so Chris, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Because you know me, I and, and I ain't gonna let you get away with just talking just to talk now. You now I'm talking just playoffs because that's what everybody wanna talk about and what matters. Who do you think aver- averages more attempts per game in the playoffs? Stafford or Roethlisberger? Ben probably does. Because ben. Be, be, but but you gotta look at the system, get a well. Ben always plays from behind in the playoffs. They always play from behind. You gotta throw the ball when you play from behind. Because they run a lot of Who's clock out in the first half. The, the system. They they start the game off running the ball down the other team throat. And if the run game isn't going for you, they stick to it until it's like, okay, we have no more time but to run. And also, you have a way smaller sample size for, for Stafford than you do Big Ben. Way smaller sample size. No, Big Ben had weapons on weapons on weapons. Okay, but you, you, that's, like, that's like me comparing my grades in two years to your grades in six years. Like, my grades in two years could be higher because I don't have that much hard classes yet. Chris, what? Chris, Chris, Chris. I, I get your love for Stafford, but Big Ben is getting disrespected entirely too much, man. Big <laughs> Ben had more, dog. So, you, all right, let me ask you this. Because you talk about, you know, what Big Ben would do with a prime Calvin. What do you think Matt Stafford would do with a prime Heinz Ward, prime Plaxico Burris, prime Santonio Holmes? What do you think he fast Willie Parker in his prime, league leading rusher, big uh, uh the the bus? What do you think Matt Stafford would do with that? What do you think he, he would do? His numbers will go down for one because now oh, stop he, it. Have, he won't he won't always bro. The Steelers' office is they run the they're a run first team. They're a run first gives. Am I lying? They're not a run first team. Chris, it don't matter whether or not they're a run first team because again, he this man is averaging more passing attempts than Matt Stafford. So even if you say they love running the ball down people's throat, if you're looking at what they've done in the playoffs, Big Ben has been asked, that ball has been put in his arm, go win us the game more than it has for Stafford. That's just that, that's the fact. That's the fact of the matter. Like, and again, you to, like you, you said, and, and your own argument, the sample size is bigger. Over a longer sample size, Ben has had the ball in his hands more than Stafford in his limited sample size. How many thousand-yard rushers has has um, has Matt Stafford played with? How many? Probably just one. Kevin yeah. Smith. One. One. Yeah, I, I didn't even think it was Kevin Smith. One. But Kevin what Smith I'm rushed for a thousand yards is, one time, and that was what, it. What I'm saying is, though, of course, if you had Big Ben, a veteran quarterback, of course you give him the ball in that time, right? Yes, absolutely. Of course you do. So that explains the pass attempts. What I'm saying to you is they get they fall in the Stutters. If you go look at any Stutters film in the playoffs, they fall in the hole and then Big Ben gets them out the hole. Then they go back to doing what they know, running the football. Listen, that that's I, how Stutters work. I feel you. I feel you. And they, and again, I. There's an argument. There's an argument there for like, eh, 
it's possible. It, it's it's pop. But again, I when when I look at those two and I ask what team would become better if they traded places, I have no doubt in my mind. I I have no doubt in my mind the Steelers instantly get better. I like. I mean, There's, I wish we could prove it out or or, or I, see I it, wish we could too. I wish that there was a Marvel what if scenario. I honestly where don't two, think. I think I think both teams be about the same. Honestly, they both teams be about the same. I I hear you. I hear you. And I know y'all tired of us talking about quarterbacks <laughs> in this tier list and who was better. And my love for Matt Stafford. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,